Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational after round two recap and a look ahead to the DraftKings showdown slate for round three and the weekend slate up on DraftKings. Just a word for anyone out there. They've adjusted the tee times for Saturday. So now the players are going off in groupings of three starting at 10 a.m. local in Memphis, which is central time. So 11 a.m. Eastern time uh, when those contests are going to lock. So pay attention to that going forward the tea times have not been released yet or at least the groupings so we can like bet on three balls or anything like that so check out my twitter feed at the pme if you want to do that smash the like button of the episode as well and in the comment section tell me who you need to get their shit together on the weekend if you want to win some big cash on DraftKings. for me it's matthew wolf four, four over on friday not helping matters whatsoever now you don't need to come inside like the top 10 matthew wolf but if you want to go like 67 68 on the weekend i will take that that should help out tremendously for a lot of my lineups because so far so good with the rest of the team so if like the rest of the team can continue to do what they're doing and matthew wolf gets a shit together all of a sudden i could be looking at a lot of bucks just like the fun like parlays and triples like we've got some runners on every tour or every event at least this week so right now we have brooks kepka um if he ever learned how to putt that would be nice uh hopefully we'll dig into brooks here in a second but he's got a shot to come back and win here with brennan todd in the lead i i don't know if he's going to be a house of cards he does have two wins so far this year but it's still brennan todd in a field of big boys this isn't the bermuda open this is a wgc we'll see how todd the todd father holds up under the pressure so far but in two career 36 hole leads he has won both those events so that's not encouraging if you don't have brendan todd like myself you know if shez reevy wants to go in if webb wants to come back and go and win that would be fantastic as we stand right now at the barracuda championship matthias schwab first place by himself now that could change by the end of the round obviously and cam davis is making a nice run too so hopefully we can get some cross action here doubles in play the triples in play if jim furick continues to play well on the sonor tour that uh, could be a sweaty weekend i assume this is going to go like most other weekends where got some runners in place have the big sweat that's a lot of fun and then you end up winning zero dollars because that's usually what ends up happening but hey maybe this is the weekend where everything goes right i like to think on the positive side of things and that's really the fun of all of this like uh, i played the triple the furick schwab and brooks triple together it's a ten dollar bet and it pays seventy five thousand dollars so even if it loses i only lose ten bucks and i feel like i'm gonna get a lot of entertainment hopefully out of that this weekend just tracking everything keeping my mind occupied that's a lot of fun for me so i think that's what uh, most of this is out there for that you know you're not trying to get rich by doing it and just banking on that money but if you can get yourself 10 a weekend's worth of entertainment at a 10 bucks way better than a movie i'll tell you that much anyway let's dig in to the stats from fantasynational.com uh the weekend and round three DraftKings slates are going to be uploaded on friday evening after the show post so if you want to go play in there right now and if you use fantasynational.com slash mayo you get 20 percent off and if you do that today you'll get the entire weekend all the showdown stuff plus you'll get all the pga championship all the way through friday next week so maybe you want to do it on saturday morning to go saturday to saturday so you can get the weekend stuff in round three for the pga championship as well but that's going to be a whole lot of fun i should say the schedule too so we have the first look show that's going to be saturday night or sunday morning all of the column sunday evening or monday morning the show with jeff the picks and bets that's going to be monday morning a little bit early 
earlier than usual, recording a bit early, but we wanted to wait until all the odds got adjusted on Monday morning. DraftKings show, have a very special one of those planned. That's going to come out on Tuesday. The live chat, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time on the DraftKings YouTube channel is going to be on Wednesday. I might even do one of these shows, like a, a round recap and showdown. Don't hold me to that. See how I'm feeling on Thursday. If I'm really bummed out, probably don't want to do it. But then we're going to be sweating the cut live in prime time for the PGA Championship. Me, Feinberg, Cusp will probably be on the line. So that should be a whole lot of fun. And if you're looking for some laughs, me and Cust are doing a football draft on Saturday. We're going to record it and release it as a show just so you can see how shitty that we draft. We're going to run some crazy strategies through Jake Seeley's Flex League. But let's jump over to, uh, let's actually just take a look at the weather right away. First off, I'm using windfinder.com. Um, slash forecast slash Memphis underscore Shelby underscore farms, the Memphis slash Shelby farms. Uh, and we can take a look at the super forecast and see what's going on for Saturday. Uh, they've moved up the tea times to right here. It looks like there could be some rain in the morning and then it's just going to kind of dry out over the course of the day. I, they, maybe they're seeing something different than uh, what I'm seeing right here. I'm kind of surprised they moved it up. I think they're just playing it like, Hey, listen, we don't want to run into a circumstance where this somehow gets pushed into Monday and it fucks everything up for the PGA championship. Let's just get these guys out of Memphis when they need to be out of here not a bunch of wind concerns like it's windy but not too windy the gusts kind of get up you know 15 13 12 that's nothing and then on sunday you can see that uh, if we take a look at it you're not getting anything more than eight mile per hour gusts. so sunday actually looks pretty clear they should be able to finish all this up with the rain in the morning if this holds true you could see a softer course in the am but everyone's kind of going out in a two-hour block so you can't really t-stack whatsoever that's one of the problem with these limited field events at a wgc um if we take a jump over to the wgc we can click on the in tournament stats and see what we got going on here obviously brennan todd is in the lead after two rounds how's he's doing how's he doing it approach and butting ball striking he's number two uh, just because the approach has been so good for him or he's been uh, two strokes gained on ball striking. But this number kind of concerns me a little bit, and this is for both of the first two rounds. You can separate them into rounds one and rounds two, if you like, by jumping into these. Also remember that uh, you need to be on the St. Jude tournament if you want to look at the live leaderboard some people jump ahead or go to the barracuda they can't figure out why they can't get the live stats you know it's the reason you need to be on the tournament that we're talking about right now uh when i did the show before the week started i had mentioned that no winner uh, had only actually one winner in the past 10 years had finished outside the top 20 for the week in terms of strokes gained off the tee um, and right now, Todd is way outside of that, losing strokes off the tee. So that'll be interesting to monitor going forward. I mean, gaining 6.8 strokes putting through two rounds, putting him on pace for over 13 strokes gained putting him and Fitzpatrick. Like, that's going to be tough to replicate uh, to keep that going. We saw this kind of happen at the Travelers. Uh, he was great through three, and then all of a sudden on Sunday, dude couldn't re- uh, on Sunday, he couldn't make a putt. And then like, you know, he'd hit like every fairway through three rounds. Then that kind of let him down a little bit too. So I don't feel like Todd is an absolute house of cards at the top of this. I mean, I would like him to fold because I have none of him and I would like him to not keep this going. But if the approach and around the green numbers continue where they are and he can even out his off the tee, even if the putting regresses and he just gains a little bit, gains like a stroke per round here on out, he should still have a really nice finish and still be in contention. Like he's up by two over Ricky right now. Ricky's actually looking kind of great. Let's look at the 
of all striking leaders, though. It's Brooks and a whole lot of Brooks. Somehow, he's only lost 1.6 strokes putting for the week. Let's go to round two and check that out, though, because it is hilarious. Uh, the strokes gain leader, Webb, Todd, Fitzpatrick, and Con- good God, Connors, Day and Hatton, and Homa. Homa really kept his round together just a little bit with solid putting. That's not going to happen too often. Nice, to, very Todd-esque day from Kevin Na, too. I jumped in on him at 80-1, to 1, put that one out on Twitter with a top four each way uh, earlier in the round. So, you know, this is not new for Kevin Na whatsoever in his wins. This looks an awful lot like what he does. Gains on approaches, gains on putting. It's mainly for the top four. It pays 20-1 to 1 for a top four on that bet. So I wouldn't mind that whatsoever. This kind of worries me a little bit that Webb was able to piece everything together with the four. But sometimes looking at the overall round doesn't put everything into quite the exact amount of context that you want because Webb off the tee and through approach was a fucking disaster through nine holes. And he was saving himself with the short game and with the putter. And then when he got to his, I think it was his front nine. But anyway, his his inward nine, whatever side he played last, uh, the irons started heating up again. He started sticking stuff and making those putts too. So that's how he was able to rally a little bit. Uh, so I like Webb going into the weekend. Obviously I bet him to win at 22 to one. I'd like to see him sneak back into it. And I got doubles. Even if he can just come inside the top five, uh, that would be much appreciated. But the Brooks thing minus 4.6 strokes lost or well, I guess minus strokes gained putting the ball striking immaculate and the ball striking has been immaculate through two rounds. That's why I'm not too concerned about Brooks like minus 6.4 strokes putting. Uh, that's not good. And I'd like to say that that's never going to happen again, but it just happened. It's not likely to happen again, but it's not encouraging whatsoever. It's funny to watch him because I watched his entire round this morning and he looks far more comfortable over like a 22 foot putt than he does over a three foot putt. Obviously he had that brutal three putt from inside three feet. That's where a lot of these strokes were lost. You know, just make those two. And all of a sudden you're two strokes off the lead behind Brennan Todd. I still like Brooks. I, I would cap him as my favorite going into the weekend. Uh, I think Justin Thomas would probably be number two because he too has uh, suffered from a case of the old, I can't putts. So we take a look at Justin Thomas, lost 3.4 strokes putting. But again, like Brooks, gaining a bunch on approach, gaining around the green. He was even off the tee today, but uh, overall, he's 25th on the season in terms of strokes gained off the tee. So I, I do like Brooks going to the weekend. I think he's like the top pick. I think that he is the best showdown play if he just can find. He doesn't even need to find like a super hot putter. That's the whole thing. Him and Shez, to be perfectly honest. I think a lot of people will kind of look at Shez as fool's gold, but he is tied with Brooks as the overall leaders in strokes gained tee to green through two rounds, almost two strokes up on Justin Thomas. I have that top 10 on Shez. I'd like to see him continue to play well. Um, and just minus 1.6 strokes putting over the first two days. If he can just continue to get back to even, that's going to be a positive on the weekend. I mean, is he going to continue to ball strike as well as he has? I mean, historically, when he plays well in a tournament, he tends to keep that going over the four rounds. So hopefully uh, that is something that we can kind of ride and get lucky with that, and hopefully the putter can come around. But you can see in terms of strokes, let's get stroke by ball striking. So Brooks, Reavy, Thomas, Sung Kang, and then Sergio. I saw bunch of people hit DraftKings Sportsbook. They were hanging like a thousand to one on Sergio. I didn't see it, but a bunch of people screenshotted it to me. So that's looking pretty, pretty nice if you can figure it out. Um, 
Graham has lost 3.4 strokes putting too. Pretty good in the ball striking department. Uh, so some interesting plays for over the weekend if you want to take a shot. Like you can almost build that lineup right there if you just wanted to go the can't putt all ball striking team and hopefully it works out. It never really works out that way, but that is an interesting way that you want to take it if you want to look at some sleepers. Obviously, Kang, no one's going to have any faith in him. I don't even have faith in him despite what the stats tell me, but 6100 bucks is pretty good. Nick Taylor, Broke my heart. All he had to do was make one five-foot putt on 16 to win his matchup, his three-ball against Phil and Keegan Bradley on Friday, and he missed it to push it with the two of them. Uh, you know, got the money back, but, you know, I would have liked the win at plus 220. Uh, but he's another guy who is striking the ball pretty well, just can't make any putts. Uh, is that going to reverse? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, hopefully he can just get back to zero for the week, and then all of a sudden then you're gaining three strokes on the weekend. That's going to look pretty good for your lineups. Um, Stenson is another one. The irons are absolute fire right now. Can't, can't do anything on the greens. Uh, he's chipping like, all right, uh, and he lost a stroke off the tee in the second round. Uh, he's still trying to work out the kinks, but it's really encouraging to see him playing so well with his irons, just fresh out of the gate, his first two competitive rounds since the COVID hiatus that, oh, I can get behind this. This is something I'm going to really look to look towards for next week. I have a future on him from, from December or January at 80 to one. I mean, he might have a worse number than that going into the PGA championship next week, but if he wants to strike his irons like that, maybe he can find a hot putter out on the West coast uh, as you know, a guy with, I mean, the, his last win was at the hero that was in December. It's not like he's just completely over the cliff and done for that. This is encouraging to see. I like to see this from Henrik Stenson that maybe he can kind of keep himself down. He's T 21 right now. I don't need him to play well this week, but if he wants to lose like 20 more strokes putting and just really get the ball striking on point, I can dig that going into next week another guy i could use to play a little bit better is cam champ uh been really good off the tee uh he saved himself gained a lot of strokes putting today in round two could use those just wedges like he made bogey he was gonna have a bogey free round he was in the middle of the fairway from 100 yards out on number 18 today uh and ended up bogeying to get rid of that five point bonus and making the bogey uh in my showdown today like i had champ and reavy on the same team and reavy ended up getting the extra five points for a bogey free round but he missed a three foot birdie putt on 18 and then champ ends up bogeying from the middle of the fairway with like a half wedge in uh not great really cost me a lot of cash phil doing his normal stuff uh phil's always a fun showdown play and a weekend play because especially in round three in weekend where finishing points don't matter. Phil just keeps bogeying a bunch of holes and he birdies like three in a row. Like he's just a fun guy to have on your team because birdies mean more than bogeys and he's making a ton of birdies right now. Uh, you can see he's got the putter going. He's got the approaches going. He's still hitting bombs because he's Phil Mickelson, but he's going to fuck up a few holes too. That's just par for the course for the, the plus 50 year old at the moment. Um, other than that, uh, the Brooks thing. So let's look into Brooks. He lost over four. He lost 4.6 strokes putting here. Here's all of his rounds that we have on record at Fantasy National dating back to, let's see here, 2012. What is the worst round he's ever had putting? I know Rick tweeted this out earlier. So the two on record that he has had the worst, minus 5.4 tournament of champions in 2018 and minus 5.1 at the Shriners uh, in round one in 2015. But it's had two really bad ones recently. This is why it's it's not great looking at it. So last week in... 
Minneapolis lost 3.7 in round one, and Honda in round two lost 4.1. Now, fortunately, uh, when we look at it, that he, he doesn't usually cluster all these together all that often. Those are his only two. Genesis would be the other one, minus 2.2 from earlier this year. So hopefully, he can turn that around. Like even if he just, even like if he had just putted even today on the greens, he would be in the lead right now. He'd either be tied with Todd or a shot up on Todd, depending on how you want to parse out those numbers. So stick to the ball striking. Continue to strike the ball well, drive it well off the tee, hit those irons, and hopefully a few of these putts start to drop. If he can just like gain one or two on the weekend and continue to strike it this way, he's going to win. So I like Brooks, like I said, going into the weekend. Do I have a bias because I have money on him to win? Absolutely. But, you know, that's never going to stop me in my analysis before. Uh, going back to the all-rounds, let's see some guys that may be down on the list that we haven't quite covered yet. Like I said, Stenson fifth in approach right now. The Todd father is hitting his irons really well. Maybe Scotty Scheffler can learn how to putt. That would be nice. Gary Woodland is someone who's just kind of all over the map, but he is hitting his irons very well. Uh, Damon rebounded on Friday, although he did bogey 18 to cost himself a matchup with Byun Hun An. That was disappointing. Uh, what a week. What a, what a day to pick against Byun Hun An. I was like, hey, if you told me Joel Damon was going to shoot minus three, he'd probably win his three ball. Nope, not going to happen. Uh, Louie. Louie and Day were two guys, just for not so much this week, but for next week going in. Like, to see Louie play this well across the board, uh, somewhat encouraging heading into a major. Same with Jason Day. These ball-striking numbers are... I don't want to say par for the course, but he's been improving in these almost every single week that, you know, if he wants to go all four across the board in the positives, then all of a sudden we're looking a lot better. Cuss boy, Streelman coming out with a fire second round too. Maybe uh, Cuss is onto something with him and a nice rebound from Terrell Hatton today. The Wolfman, keep hitting those irons well. Stop losing strokes off the tee. Gained a bunch round one, lost a lot in round two. Uh, and same with Tommy. Like Tommy keeps making birdies, but then he gives them all back. I want to see those balls striking numbers improve over the weekend uh he's minus one in ball striking right now and a lot of that has to do off the tee i'm just actually kind of curious to go see what fleetwood just historically if we look at his past 50 rounds uh generally you think of someone him as someone who's very good off the tee so yeah off the tee positive 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 uh heading into the week uh, before that positive 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 all right so yeah that's something that should flip back if he can continue to hit the irons just kind of the way that he's doing and maybe improve on that a little bit maybe he can get his act together and really start coming out of the weekend you're gonna have to find like a lot of people look at not like these stats uh, people will like scour the leaderboards people know what to look for in weekend and showdown contests now so if you do want to take like an outlier type of situation kind of bank on someone just see who's gaining the most birdies through the two rounds Todd Fowler and Brooks. Also, Ben Ann. Is there anyone way down here? Billy Horschel's making a ton of birdies, as is Ian Poulter, um, in, relative to the field and relative to their standings that maybe, hey, you want to start trading some birdies for bogeys. Matt Kuchar, as well, is outperforming his position right now in terms of birdies gained. So that's interesting to look for. Uh, that's a soft spot that you can kind of find in the market sometimes where guys are actually making a lot of birdies. But relative to the field, they're making way more than what their position is. And that always lends itself really well to single day showdown and weekend DraftKings scoring because we're no longer talking about finishing position. Uh, guys at the bottom of that, uh, like someone like Stenson, he's not making any bogeys, but he's also, you know, his pars gain toward the field are doing great. Not so great for DraftKings scoring. So maybe he's a fade this weekend if that continues to go that route. Uh, Graham McDowell is another one who just continues to make pars, uh, but he's also losing a lot of strokes putting. So maybe 
maybe he starts making a few of those. He vaults himself up the list a little bit. Berger and Shoffley, uh, just losing a little bit to the field in terms of birdies gained. Uh, if we just take a look at the stats right now, uh, fairways gain for the week. How important has this been? Reeves hitting a ton. I'm shocked to see you know, Todd and Ricky are you know just inside the top 20. So that's nice to see. Next week for the PGA Championship, I think I'm going to hone in a little bit on fairways gain, a lot like I did this week. Uh, if you can find like the distance plus fairway guy, like Morikawa is not having a good week. Although every time you tune into him, that he's just bleeding strokes on the green. So. Maybe going into next week, he's played a lot of rounds at Harding Park, which is across the street from... Well, he's playing Harding Park. He's played Olympic Club a lot. He's played this club a lot. This He's a California guy, uh, and he's someone who hits the ball a lot and hits a lot of fairways, which is really going to be the primary concern going into next week. And I see Louie doing that as well. If I t- I'm going to end up playing Louie next week. He's going to be like 58 over par or something like that. That's generally how that goes. Ricky's shaping up to be pretty nice as well. Casey, what are you doing, man? Poor Paul Casey. Just He's in like dead last. He should be cut from this no-cut event. Uh, but the ball striking is going to suck everyone back in. You know, 2.3 on driving distance, 2.1 on fairways gain. Just the rest of his game just can't catch up to what else is going on. Who's leading in driving distance game? Bryson, Dustin, Brooks, Rory. You know, not a big shocker there. Bubba, Howtong popping up. Mackenzie Hughes did not see that one coming. Did not see him having more driving distance gain than John Rahm, who's having a terrible week. Uh, maybe this will push down his DraftKings price because as we speak right now, the DraftKings pricing for the PGA Championship has not been released yet. I'd like to see Willett rebound too. I want to look into Willett for a second just to see his uh, strokes gain stats overall. Just I like him at hard courses at majors, and one of the angles that I might be playing, I haven't done all of my research yet for TPC Harding Park, but where this was supposed to be played in May is now being played in August. Everything should be baked out a little bit more than you're thinking. I can see it playing fast and firm with really long rough. Uh, So Euros might be something I want to target. So while he is gaining a bunch in distance, he's losing a bunch in fairways, and he's losing strokes off the tee for the week. The approach is still up there. He's putting the ball pretty well. We know that Danny Boy is a pretty good scrambler, so in tougher conditions, you always like him. It's just going to be really tough to know. You kind of have to pick for next week at Harding Park. Do you think it's going to play really difficult do you think it's going to play really easy and then i think that you should construct your teams depending on how you assess the tournament going in i want to do a bit more research before i make my final analysis on this but that is something to look for so guys potentially to fade on the weekend uh, who are just doing a lot with the putters right now homa boy Uh, after a really good round one it's just shocking to see him gain so many strokes putting that you just know that really can't last uh cooch Kind of interesting for next week. Uh, like I said, he's making a lot of birdies right now, but he's making doubles due to a lack of driving so far this week. Ben Ann is one of your leaders in putting. You know this is going to be a weird week. And Bryson, I just I don't know what's going on with Bryson, but uh, he's close. Maybe he got bit by a fire ant, and that was no good for him. Uh, Reed, you'd like to see the approaches come around. Reed's always an interesting one in showdown just because he can turn himself on a dime so often. He's a good guy to target when he's playing poorly, only because almost like there was no statistical case really to take Rory in round two, other than the fact is he played so awful in round one. You're like, well, this is still Rory chances are he's going to rebound. And he did rebound. He still didn't make all the putts you wanted him to make. He really left a lot of birdies out there on the course in round two that maybe he is someone to go back to again and maybe he figures out the putting. It's not like Reed Reed is putting poorly. He's actually putting pretty well, but minus 3.3 on approaches, that is atypical even when he is playing poorly. Even someone like Xander, you know, minus 4.2 strokes gained approach, 
when you make an eight on a hole that lends itself when you keep hitting it into the water that that's going to detract whatever else that you're doing he's actually playing a lot better than his numbers would suggest it's just one really really bad hole so maybe two guys that the stats are masking uh that could have a potential turnaround if you're looking for more of a sleeper play going into the weekend or even for the overall showdown slate for round three or maybe even round four just two guys to monitor going forward i know those are like obvious names but just because of these stats um, that's something to look for. But I think my th- overall favorite plays, like I said, if I just sort by ball strike, I think Brooks and Shez and Thomas are the three guys to go with in both showdown and weekend. Um, I'm not sure what the pricing is going to completely be on those, but then you can fill out your team with a Sergio, with a Nick Taylor, if you wanted to, with the Streelman potentially. Uh, maybe take a Graham McDowell, take a shot on some of those guys. But I think my core three, or even Kang. Yeah, Kang's up there. Why not, right? Kepka, Reeve, Thomas uh, would be my core three. I might mix in some Xander, some Roy or some Patrick Reed and see if that all goes well. But realistically, I just want Schwab, Schwab, Schwab and Brooks to win. I can win my doubles. Maybe if Furyk goes in there, I can win my triple. But if Brooks and Webb and Davis and Schwab come inside the top five, respectively, I got those combos in the round robin that I gave out on the sheet cheat sheet on Wednesday that that will definitely pay for not only this week, but probably the rest of the year if that happens. So chances are that's not going to happen because that's never how easily things work out like i said but hey good luck to everyone this weekend hope you enjoyed this little mini show i normally wouldn't do it like i said but the round finished up so early on friday and it doesn't start till a little bit later on saturday this show actually has a little bit of legs and the reason that i don't normally do showdown shows is because you'd have to record it like 9 30 at night my wife would be pissed at me for one thing leaving her home with the infant after the other child is in bed after you know i'm supposed to be helping with that so that's not great but then the round started like 9 a.m or 7 a.m and then what the fuck is the point you get four hours of it if people aren't up at like 2 a.m no one's gonna listen or watch it so we'll see how this show does maybe moving forward this is something i can add to the repertoires for maybe some big events or when the scheduling really works out like this a little bit so hopefully Like I said, you can win some cash either on Showdown or maybe in the overall tournament. And remember to become a member at FantasyNational.com. Go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Get yourself 20% off. Rate and review the podcast and smash the like button to the video. And in the comment section, tell me who you need to have a rebound this weekend at the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational to propel you up the leaderboard on DraftKings. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!